0: Welcome again to Music Ally Focus with me, Joe Sparrow, Music Ally writer, and uh, Stuart Ridge, Music Ally's editor. Uh, hi, Stu. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. So, Music Ally Focus is a very short and sweet look at meaningful music business stories. Uh, it'll be uh, very quick. It should take about the same time as it takes to play one track from Lou Reed's legendarily tuneless Metal Machine music.
1: You're making, you're making enemies right from the start there. <laughs> there are people who love that album. <laughs>
0: Uh, yes, I, I, there are, and uh, they're wrong. So, um, <laughs> Stu, talking of um, tuneless and meaningless babbling, what's happening with Clubhouse?
1: So we're going to talk about Clubhouse, not on Clubhouse, which is not very, very of us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it's one of those things where it's so big in the tech world that you see, well, oh, everyone's on Clubhouse, and actually most people aren't on it, many people haven't heard of it. So for those who haven't, I suppose we should start with the explanation. It's, it's kind of an audio app, so it's a very much a listening app, and what you're listening to is live conversations as if you'd walked into a conference center with loads of rooms full of people having panel discussions. Um, and it carries on that metaphor. So you are in the audience, you can raise your hand and ask to speak and join in. So it's kind of, some of cross across a virtual conference, live podcasts, that kind of, it's people talking live and you can interact or just listen if you want. And it, it kind of came out last year, I think. And recently, beginning this year, it raised, it said it had 2 million users, uh, a bunch of funding that values it possibly as a unicorn. uh, And it's the talk of Silicon Valley, literally the talk of Silicon Valley. So all the venture capitalists are on there. Lots of startup people are on there. Celebrities are starting to flock to it. And it's now beginning to branch out into other worlds like music and media uh, as the excitement kind of spreads.
0: Now, this is obviously... I imagine that part of what's fueled its rise is the fact that everyone is stuck indoors and looking for something to do and, and they're finding this new sort of community tool to talk to people. And it, it, there is this sort of thrilling aspect of it that you can pop into a room and hang out with someone who's an expert or famous and hear them talk and ask them something, which is, you know, is an exciting thing, isn't it? What we're interested in here is that it is a, it's a, a new form of audio platform. So how does it connect with what we think of as music streaming services that are also branching out into other forms of audio?
1: Yeah well there's, there's like multiple strands aren't there there so I think one of them is what is it for music and there are people on there from the music industry talking about stuff talking about tech from music topics you can have music industry for room rooms we could have a music ally room I know uh, Sherry Hugh from Water Music she's been on there a lot exploring so you, you can if you're a journalist if you're brands in music you can be on there and using it as a, a talking place um, but yeah there's also um, there's also this idea of it's a new form of audio listening and I think the big trend that we've seen, uh, particularly with Spotify, who's been very vocal about it, but also everyone generally, is a big strategic picture which we talked about before. I think is they want to take on radio, they want to compete with radio for listeners and for advertising, and they want to kind of be what you turn to instead of a radio.
0: So this is this is quite a big deal, isn't it, for Spotify because they've they've they're going they are an audio first uh, have an audio first strategy. Um, mm. uh, I think about twenty five percent of their uh, listeners is is it 25% their listeners listen to podcasts regularly or 25% yes. of their time yeah okay so obviously a big part of what they deliver now in terms of audio is, is is not music so how does this connect with what they might be looking at doing well so one thing that
1: a service like Spotify doesn't have is live audio they have podcasts on demand and that is people talking to you you know you can you can you know it's uploaded a day it's fresh but it's not live like radio Clubhouse is live audio and so, if and when companies like Spotify think actually we need to get live stuff, so one way they can go is they can get sports rights, they could start broadcasting football or, or rugby or you know, tennis, they, they could go out that direction of having sports because live sports is on the strengths of radio. But something like Clubhouse, you can imagine it sitting within a service that is more than music. So, it would be a bit awkward within Spotify now. If they bought it now and put it in the app, it would feel a bit awkward. But if where they're going in five, 10 years time, there's going to be an element of live talk discussions, then it might be interesting. And it's also interesting to think about what could a clubhouse be if it was turned towards music? You know, it would be interviews with musicians. There could be fan meet and greets. And you're like, there's all kinds of things you could do with it if you were music service. And indeed, stuff that people are starting to explore on Clubhouse itself now, they're, they're looking at how can we do music promotion on there?
0: Yeah, which so, um, I'm sure opens up a sort of uh, hellscape of music licensing issues. Uh, well, not a conversation I was thinking about this. Yeah, well, but but it's like if you opened a convention, if you opened a, a club, an actual
1: clubhouse in the real world, and if you have people playing music there, you'd need a PRS license here in the UK. you need a collecting site, wherever you are, yeah. to pay the royalties. So in one sense, it seems very obvious that if you're doing something where music can be played live digitally, you need a license and of course we've seen recently a bunch of arguments over what should a live streaming license be like yeah um so in theory if clubhouse suddenly became full of musicians performing it would need licensing deals and would, i suspect we'd probably see that of, of rights holders having a go at it the nmpa would say a, a big statement and then eventually there would be a deal
0: are people using it to sort of perform uh is that happening yet
1: well, I think impromptu. Yes, there are people in there, but um, we wrote today actually about a musician who was using it more as a a place to do interviews. Um, so his name was Axel Mansur, um, and he is doing a tour of Clubhouse where he's basically visiting different rooms every day, talking about talking about stuff, talking about his music, talking about his career, talking about his background and heritage. So it's very much like interviews rather than him going and performing in different rooms, um. And and it, we, his manager, Conter, said it's going working really well. His streams are up 127 percent month on month. It is biggest ever streaming day as an artist. And for him, this has been a way to get himself out there to be early onto Clubhouse and be doing stuff. So I think we're going to see a lot of musicians just exploring it. The ones that like gabbing, you know, that's the, that's yeah. what it is. It's not a place you go and just promote your music. It's a place you go to talk. And if you're interesting at talking, people might then listen to your music.
0: It's it's another example of what we're seeing happen more and more now, which is a, a, a musician or an artist has a, must have a multifaceted uh, business model at the moment. Some And some components of that have nothing to do with music. They could be podcasting. It could be uh, writing a, movie, a blog on movies. And it could be now perhaps a series of discussions on Clubhouse. Now, going back to Spotify for a second, because they are quick to, uh, or they're starting to be quick to adopt new audio models on the platform, and, um, Surely they could turn something like this on immediately on Spotify, and suddenly you could, you know, I could be um, broadcasting a breakfast radio show every day and talking in between songs or something like that. The thing is, like, so
1: they have Anchor already; they have the app for making podcasts, which we've used. Um, Yeah. So, what if you could do live radio shows that could bring it, get an audience on Spotify? And in a way, maybe it wouldn't be like Clubhouse. Maybe it would be something Spotify control. Maybe they'd have ten virtual rooms, and they would book things in. And they would kind of arrange mm. for artists to do Q and A's and they would arrange for talks about stuff. And like, you could do something really interesting with that kind of live audio in a more controlled way on your own platform, if you wanted to. I, I think it makes sense for them to at least kick the ties of this. And maybe they'll decide it's not the way to go. Maybe they'll just pay loads of money to get all the American football rights. And that's that's how they'll get people to listen live. So it, it's all up in the air. But I think it's it's interesting, because I think I, I you probably can say this too, like when I first encountered Clubhouse, it seemed like a terrible place, full of terrible people. Like the stories you heard about the, that there were lots of Bitcoin evangelists on there. There were lots of VCs saying how terrible yeah. journalists were. It
0: seemed like a bit of a privileged club of assholes. I, I wrote. I a, wrote down an absolute hellscape of desperate tech bro hype beasts, <laughs> or or a Bitcoin meetup at Burning Man was the other one. I had. <laughs> and 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 I think that was that is not
1: an entirely unfair perception. But I think what's interesting now is that Clubhouse is starting that point of going beyond those people. And it could become something more, and it could become, it could become even yeah. worse Hellscape. It could become like it's a social platform. You don't want to become the parlor or the gap where it's all the right-wing people being horrible. Yeah. So they've got that thing to deal with, you know, how they deal with moderation and free speech. But I feel like I was a little unfair at first and I'm going to give it yeah, a chance yeah. now to become something that is not, that is kind of
0: meaningful. It, I feel like it has the opportunity to become a sort of a layer in, in the internet, uh, if you like, where it enables these kind of groups of people to have discussions. And these are kind of meaningful and, and helpful and thoughtful discussions. But then it also has the the possibility of sort of going down a route where it just becomes a repository of people trying to market things to you and mm. to get you to click to go somewhere else, uh, which would be sort of the end of it, I guess.
1: Yeah. We're seeing things happening at a time where none of us are going to physical conferences. And so Mm. on the one hand, we're all, and Music Ally included, we're exploring Zoom, video. What is a conference held on Zoom with speakers and panels and audience and how do you do interaction? And so Clubhouse, you know, well, we'll, maybe we will see someone try and do a few days of programming of music industry stuff on Clubhouse. Maybe we should do it. I mean, I'm I'm giving this away now.
0: Yeah, write that down. Um,
1: Write that down, Stu. Yeah. Also, the other thing I think is funny is it's been very quick to reach the point in every startup's life, if you do anything good, where Facebook is suddenly reportedly (laughs) claiming. So um, they've yeah. accelerated to that quite quickly. So Facebook is reportedly working on a live audio thing, and again, which would be massively mainstream from the start.
0: Yeah, you know, and I look forward to reporting on that being quietly shut down in two years' time. Uh... <laughs> well, can you,
1: can you imagine, like, just seeing some of the arguments that happen on like, Facebook village and town groups, can you imagine if that
0: was live audio? It'd be, yes. it'd be like well, that council meeting that went viral recently. That would be... <laughs>
1: Well, one it's interesting point, then.
0: actually. I mean, I, I'm quick to quick to be uh, cynical with Facebook's attempts at to create their clubhouse clone, but of course, they're investing very heavily in this metaverse, which is sort of VR place where you hang out mm. with people uh, in a sort of colourful virtual environment, and you know, adding an audio layer to that, where you go and hang out with a group of virtual avatars and have a chat with them, is not you know unthinkable. And perhaps that's the way uh, no. that they're going and to Twitter do. And Twitter
1: is all going to. Twitter is doing this, Twitter is ahead
0: of Facebook on this. It's
1: got a thing called Spaces, which is uh, which I saw a really good tweet today from I think it was Mike Messick at to give him full credit, where he was like, So they have tweets and they have fleets. Why did they not call their clubhouse thing meets? Like be the obvious wow. thing. They, They've missed. A, just a running, saved them
0: uh, about 25 grand in uh, branding <laughs> uh, payments yeah. there, haven't they, to a marketing yeah. company? The other thing I think is, is
1: the, the other thing that put me off was it's time. Like I, I am from a generation, I think, where I like to read things in two minutes rather than watch a video in half an hour necessarily. Mm. But the younger people, the young people nowadays, video and audio, like that's when something's worthwhile, they will spend the time. So that's the other interesting thing here, is it's something you're <laughs> sitting down and listening to something like a podcast as well. It's it's taking in information over time and committing to it, and kind of going against the whole thing of people people don't have their attention span. So that would be interesting thing is seeing what the kind of the demographic profile of Clippers and if it appeals to younger people in a way.
0: Yeah, the demographic part is very interesting, and perhaps something that will sort of balance out over time. But it it does sort of seem that all the people that rave about it to me are single people who are perhaps you know they're isolated at home and they're really looking for other people to talk to, and you know which is a completely understandable response that they've they've gravitated towards a place where people can gather and, and, and converse. And this does seem to offer something slightly different as well. So uh, worth watching. Thanks, Stu. Mm. Now, uh, if you did find that useful uh, and you want more of Stu's in-depth news and trusted analysis waiting for you in your inbox every morning, um, you can head on over to musicami.com forward slash subscribe. Don't forget, indie labels, artist managers, and publishers may be eligible for a sponsored complimentary subscription and our free weekly email the knowledge which uh, will land in your inbox every friday um has uh, well there's a link to that below the podcast so sign up and impress your friends and family when you converse with them in clubhouse until next time that's it from me joe sparrow and from Stuart dredge thanks to you see you soon